The following program is being brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. What you hear in the next hour could very well save your life. Now, here's your host, Sharon Kleina. I want to invite you to listen to the Sharon Kleina Hour. The Power of Water has been the focus of our, our this show for years now. As I have been saying, that the, without the water, there would be no planet Earth uh, and with any habitation at all. We all need to learn that millions and millions and millions of years began the beginning of where we're at today, and our responsibilities are the power of water must always be the first focus of all life on earth. And I will mention that I, I will say this today, I have been able to study for over 40 years that the power of water has not been a focus. Obviously, because the surface of the water, fresh water, is diminishing on the surface, and that's the influence of the environment. Did you know, and I say this every week, at the moment you were born and you entered in the delivery room when you were born, you left a pocket of water. That was nature's method of bringing you to life. What happened to the water when you began your life on earth away from that pocket of water? You have, you're between 75 and 80% water in your body. The newborn baby is 75% water to 80% water. Your brain is 80% water. The tears on the surface of your eyes. Did you know the surface of your eyes are 80% water? What do you believe? What do you believe if you, if you, you I cannot see? What do you believe that dry eye is? The words dry eye is depletion of water at the surface of the eye causing vision impairment dehydration of the eyes, lack of water. The bones are in 22% approximately. Water in your cells is two-thirds of water are in the cell, one-third of water outside the cell. Cells of an adult body are over an estimated 50 trillion cells of water, with water. There's a wonderful book out written, if you want to look it up, about with written by Lawrence Henderson, H E N D E R S O N. He was born in eighteen seventy eight, died in nineteen forty two. His theories and evaluations as a physiologist, a chemist, biologist, philosopher was that water is a primary focus of all life. And he wrote a book in his time written the uh, that should be used in all research today 
water and the fitness of the environment. That should be everybody in every laboratory all over the world. When they are going to study a disease or a symptoms or something that they've been asked to study, they should start out with that book because the fitness of the environment is the water. It's the mist and the air, the humidity, and the water. So always find a focus, and if you'll join with us, with the rest of the world that are concerning themselves about our water. Before I tell you about our guest today, which you're going to really enjoy this subject of water today, Gene Cernan was the last man on the moon. And he said that when he was looking back at Earth, knowing it was going to be his last time, he knew there was something magic, and he called that God's porch, God's front porch. Carnan said that he realized that, that, that something had to be a powerful creator of this universe. We live on a planet Earth, but we're living in the may, an amazing planning of something so powerful called the universe. And he said it's just too beautiful to have it happen by accident. Now, stop and think about what the last man on the moon said. There's something very magical about the power of what happened, but Earth has the water, and Earth has the responsibility of making sure at all moments of life for eternity, we always have enough fresh water and water. We're affecting the whole universe. Stop and think. We're going to bring that up forever on this show. And we're always going to be trying to educate you to never forget that what you're listening to is reminding us of something you think you've already known, which you already know. No, you forget. I'll bet you anything you haven't had too many glasses of water a day and without any added ingredients. Fresh water with no added ingredients is what you're needing to drink for your health and yourself. So don't forget that. I've been in research for almost 40 years. I'm the founder of Biologic Aqua Research, and we have determined, along with many other people, that those findings are a fact. Without the water, you will not live. Without enough water to drink, you will not be able to fight those diseases. And without detoxification, it's only water that can detoxify you. Nothing else can do it better than water. We're here to save your life. Today we have an exciting guest, and I'm really excited about Charles Fishman. He wrote a book called The Big Thirst, and we'll learn more about his life and why he ended up studying water. But first we're going to listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist with Just a Mist. With Just a Mist, did you know your eyes are 98% water at the surface? And the eyes, when you're in that delivery room and that eyelid opens, your health of your vision is to be able to have moisture attraction to your eyes, a supplement. If you do not drink enough water internally, that will also cause a dehydration. But at the surface, you need that mist in the air with just a mist. We'll listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, and we'll be back with Charles Fishman. Listen. Listen. The world. 
world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. You're listening to the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to Sharon Kleina Hour at Yahoo.com. That's Sharon Kleina Hour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Charles, are you with us? I'm here, yes, ma'am. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, and I've been reading about you and having studied water for over 40 years myself. And I put millions of dollars behind the research of the dehydration of the body, and we have we do have breakthroughs. But what you've done here is just fascinating. And before we get into the subject of the day, the big thirst, what you've learned about water, tell us about yourself, your life, and how how you got to the water. But first, let's hear about you. Well, I'm. <laughs> I'm not, I don't have the kind of experience you have, clearly. I'm, I'm a journalist. Uh, I grew up in Miami, um, and so we had a, we actually had a backyard in-ground swimming pool. Uh, so I would say I was in the water, um, <clears throat> literally year-round in Miami. Uh, I learned to sail in Biscayne Bay near Miami, and I, and I still love sailing. Um, and during the summer, we went to the beach almost every day. Uh, it was, it was, it was a different world. There was no point in staying home. There was no computer. There were only four or five TV channels. Um, so I really grew up, um, with wa- with the pleasurable recreational, uh, parts of water, with a strong emotional connection to water, um, in a way we don't actually sometimes think about, but, you know, much of what we do that keeps us entertained and engaged outside, swimming, sailing, fishing, uh, canoeing, uh, water skiing, snowmobiling, all those things, of course, rely on water. Uh, and uh, I went to Harvard, and I uh, was a Washington Post reporter after that. Um, and I, I, I did not, I was not focused on particularly on science issues. And I eventually ended up as a magazine writer um, and an author. My first book is, is about Walmart, believe it or not, another big W topic, um, but, but, again, nothing to do with water. And I ended up, um, I've actually spent the last five years of my life reporting about water and writing about water and talking about water. Uh, I got interested in water literally because of a bottle of Fiji water. We're all familiar with Fiji water now. Five years ago, it was a lot less common in the culture and in the grocery store. 
and my family and I checked into a hotel. In fact, in Miami, we were visiting my parents, and there was a bottle of Fiji water in the hotel room with a little tag around it that said, if you drink this water, you'll be charged $7. Yeah. And um, my, my wife actually always removes the tag and sets it aside and immediately drinks the water. And I couldn't believe that the water in the bottle had actually come from Fiji to Miami, Florida. Right. And I, I actually took the empty bottle home to Philadelphia and um, to remind me to check out Fiji water. And, and here's what caught my attention. Of course, the water in the bottle does come from Fiji. Uh, and Fiji is um, 17 hours by airplane from Philadelphia, way out in the South Pacific, most of the way uh, to Australia and New Zealand. So the water comes all the way from Fiji to the entire United States. If you live in Portland, Oregon, or Chicago, or Miami, Florida, you can buy Fiji water. But 53% of the people in Fiji do not have access to clean, safe drinking water. So if you live in Orlando or Atlanta or Austin or Portland, you can walk into a store and you have easier access to clean, safe drinking water from Fiji than the people in Fiji do. And that's how, that's what, that's what got my attention. I thought, wow, that's a, it's a strange global economy that provides Americans with a product they absolutely do not need under any circumstances. No one ever needs water from Fiji in this country, while denying, as you, as you yourself have said, what is absolutely essential to the people in Fiji who, who, who make it for the rest of us, while denying it to them. And so that, that's how I, that's what first really captured my interest about water. So you started noticing that as you dove into your uh, uh, investigative reporting, and you started noticing that something has happened here uh, that individuals, especially in um, ages that we're in, that they forgot about the primary source of all life on earth and health is, is the water. But why are they having to bring all the way from Fiji a water that the people in Fiji themselves are probably dying because they don't have clean, safe, or abundant enough amount of water provided? Right, that's exactly right. And this is what's happening you know, around the world, Charles. Um, one of the reasons I dove into it was because I was noticing in the health of individual health, life on earth health, every individual is starving to death because we're, we're treating the individual with a medication before we understand what the dehydration, what is happening. And the word dehydration, how often do you hear that about the, the dehydration of life? is lack of water, loss of water, not enough water. And no two people have the same eyes, dehydration the same there. No two people have the same fingerprints, another dehydration, DNA and more. So if water is that important to all life on earth, obviously it's the most important ingredient and living organism for earth to be able itself to survive and live in the universe called the solar system. Well, I think there's, there's I, I, I sort of stumbled into what I think of as an interesting contradiction, it, especially in the developed world, in the modern developed world. We don't ever think about our water anymore. We don't, we don't, it, it, when you turn on the tap, when you flush the toilet, when you go to water the lawn, the water is always there, and especially in the developed world, it's safe, essentially unthinkingly safe. You don't have to worry 
but it's going to make you sick in any immediate sense. And it's essentially free. No one, no one regulates how much they water their lawn or how long the 17-year-old teenager's shower is based on the cost of water. The reason we can ignore water is actually because of the brilliant engineering success that all of Western Europe, that the United States, that uh, Australia, New Zealand, the entire developed world, a hundred years ago put in place a kind of incredible, beautiful, brilliantly designed engineering system. And the water system works so well, or has worked so well, that water itself has kind of become invisible. If you never have to think about something arriving for you, no matter how important it is, then it kind of fades. A hundred years ago, at the turn of the last century, in 1900 and 1910, even the richest people in the richest countries had to think about water every day. They had to think about how their water was going to get to them, even if, uh, you know, literally a servant was bringing it in from the well. They had to think about whether it was, is clean and safe or not. We don't have any of those concerns anymore. A second thing that has helped make water invisible is that we decided long ago as a society, not as a society, almost literally as a civilization, that water should be as cheap as possible to the point of being free. And so um, if you're an ordinary homeowner living in Pennsylvania or Detroit or Nashville, the average water bill in America is a dollar a day, 34 bucks a month for a family of four, which is essentially nothing. That's less than half the cost of one iPhone subscription per month. So the water bill is essentially nothing. Lots of big users. One of the places I visited in the course of reporting the book is the largest soup factory in the world, which is a huge Campbell's factory in uh, Napoleon, Ohio. That one factory uses as much water as a city of 55,000 people. They pay nothing. They just put their pipes in the, in the river and take what they need. They clean it to the right standard for them, but they don't pay for the water itself. And so we never think about water precisely because we've been so successful at providing it to ourselves. And I think the point you raise is really important. It's that invisibility doesn't help us individually understand how important water is and equally important, you're, you're, you have sort of, it sounds like you've spent most of your career thinking about water at the level of individual health. I was really looking at the relationship between water and communities. How are we going to get the water we need in the next 10 years, 20 years, 30 years? Well, you don't support a system that is invisible. No one ever thinks about the state of our water pipes or where the next, where the water for the next thousand families in this community is going to come from because typically those aren't problems that anybody brings up. We're worried about all kinds of other things. But the water system has worked so well that we don't pay any attention to it. Do you believe, Charles, that, um, you know, we have studied, uh, Earth's water and, uh, all over the world? And the largest storage of water up out of Alaska between Russia and Alaska, um, fresh water there under the, between the, uh, between the two countries. Um, we need, what I found is we lost the priority of the infrastructure of our needs for all life to have safety and be healthy and have available what it need, requires. 
And um, I'm going to get into a little political side of this. Not a little. I'm getting into political side. We elect people to go into position, take our money as elected officials, and strangely what happened is they put priorities uh, for their own focus or what brings money back to their own communities to finance their next campaign by offering money, waving it in the air, that maybe is something appealing to something in the community that they would like to see some new money in the community or new jobs, let's quote jobs. They forgot about the priority of being elected for an infrastructure to have uh, what the environment is requiring for all all life on earth, all, for the earth to live, is number one, has to be the water. That you don't well, even, you never even, oh, sure, they can pacify it and say once in a while you'll hear them say, well, and the water. Oh, and the water. Oh, well, and the water. And um, it's like a famous man once said, until the well goes dry, nobody misses it. And that's what's happening to human life on earth. It, did you know, Charles, there's 6,000 children dying a day without enough water or unsafe water. Now, are they going, are they causing any, any, uh, advocacy or, uh, threats to the people that are causing that to these 6,000 innocent children a day? Well, that's a, that's a great question. One of the places I went was India, and India is a place that has enough water, and yet it is a country in which half the people have to struggle to get water every day. Half the people don't have routine access to clean, safe water. Half of India is 650 million people. And so it's an astonishing one, one country in which twice as many people as live in the United States have to struggle to get water every day. And one of the things that struck me was, two, two things struck me about India. First was, I was first struck by your point, which is, so why isn't there a revolution? <laughs> why don't why don't half of the half of the people just rise up and say this is absurd? Why why don't we have water? In fact, many people in India who have to walk to get water actually have cell phone service while they're walking to the well in the middle of a of a of an agricultural field and walking back to their village. I did the walk. I had an Indian cell phone and I had cell phone service the whole time. And so. The point that raises is, my goodness, it's obviously possible to provide infrastructure. What's going on? Why is there cell phone service but not water? <laughs> it's, it's second, a, do you know what the number one investment and intellectual property values of investing are today in, in, the, in uh, all over the world? That the number one investment that they say will never ever stop increasing in value above all investments is it's water, because they did leave it behind. Well, and fresh water, fresh water is not abundant on the surface as it should be. And it's like I was reading some of your information here, which was excellent information that I was reading on some of your references and, and referrals. And it said something about our cloud system and enough water in the clouds and the molecular ability for 24 mil, uh, it says here, the cloud is creating enough water molecules every 24 minutes to fill all of Earth's oceans. This is this gentleman you talked about, um, Melnick. And, um, 
and started talking about the hydrogen and the oxygens, which I have studied upside and down the other. Um, and what is happening to make Earth, you know, what it is. And it says that uh, while the cloud is making 60 Earth waters every 24 hours, it is doing it across a span of a space of 420 times the size of our solar system. The water is always going to be there, Charles. We have been not electing the right infrastructure, like right officials who put make it a priority. Well, and there, I, you're, I you're right about what's happening, that more people are getting involved in, in pursuit of what has happened here. And a lot of times I will look at it to be fair to everyone. When I do any research, I'm wondering why they did went that other way uh, and why did they go this other way in research and come up with this and that and that. But I think a lot of it's because people, until I, what, what I have done to do some breakthroughs, and what I have been able to accomplish was multi-millions, but not enough money. If I'd had billions, I probably would have done a better job. Because as you know today, Charles, everything is in the billions today. If you don't put billions toward it, or a billion. But anyway, we've done it with research and development and what we're trying to achieve with millions. And you find yourself that people are taking it for granted because it's been there always. They they were born looking at it. They, they they flush the toilet, like you said. They go to the shower. They go to the bathtub. They go on the boat ride. Uh, what do people want to do when they go on a vacation, Charles? They usually pursue water. It's making a ton of money with water. real estate. Pardon? Yeah, when you go on vacation, you go to the water. You go to the lake. We, we, the why do we? Because our body is craving the water, and it did from the moment you were in that pocket of water, from the beginning of all time on earth, it's been craving the water, and it craves it. I've often well, said I that think. if we learned enough research in fresh water, we might have be able to help addiction to other addictions because we're craving already water and what is happening with an addiction, a dehydration. That person's too dehydrated. But back to you and your uh, world. So you chose to get into the study of water, and you wrote the, the book The Big Thirst. And what is it, some of the things that you found that, yes, oh, by the way, did you ever get that National Geographic issue uh, on water? Yes, ma'am. Yeah, Absolutely. and did you remember that picture of that little boy in India? He's standing in line, and he was he had his little baggie to go get a little baggie sandwich baggie of water, and he he was a little boy, I think it was eight or ten, and he crowded, and the, everybody was so mad at him, he they beat him to death, and he died. And then we have these women in other countries that are carrying water from early beginning of not even dawn to get a, to be able to get to the water source and get some water and carry it back to the family at dawn to be able to survive their family to live and this is still going on today how well, far it's have going we gone on, it's going on in a huge a huge part of the world i actually did that i walked with a group I read of women that. and girls out to a well and carried water back on my head. I wasn't, I wasn't very good at it. But I, I'll tell you what I was so impressed with in my journeys, and this was true in the poorest neighbor, neighborhoods in India 
and it was true in high-tech factories in the United States. What I was impressed with was that people weren't people who were underwater stress were not waiting for someone else to help them. And I think this is a really important point. It actually connects with a point you make. You can, in the developed world, if you need to drink more water, it's not a problem. There's always water available. To be honest, our toilets in the United States have a better water supply than half the people on Earth. So we have access to the kind of water we need at any moment. There's no excuse for not getting the water you need in the course of a day. But what I was so struck by was that people have gotten fed up with not having the water they need. So I saw, I didn't, I obviously didn't see any violence. I didn't see anything like the eight-year-old boy being, being beaten to death in the water line. But I saw many instances of absurd lines in India where people literally don't know when the water is going to come on. They have to stand there until it comes on hours a day, just dribbling through their fingers every day. But I also visited some places, including um, uh, both villages and urban neighborhoods, where people said, forget it. We're not going to be enslaved to water anymore, and um, pooled their own resources. What the, the, the neighborhood I'm thinking of in, in Delhi, a place called Rangpuri Pahari, they pooled their resources. These are the poorest people in, in Delhi. They created a little water utility. They hired the most of the money went to hiring somebody to drill two wells. They bought big, huge um, uh, plastic tanks, almost like little reservoirs that are food grade. They store the water in those tanks, and then any family in that settlement that wants to subscribe to the water supply that the settlement has gets their water delivered through a pipe straight to their house at a particular time. They don't have the kind of water service we're used to, but they get water for either half an hour or an hour a day, depending on what they, how much they pay. They know when it's coming. It is absolutely clean and reliable. No more standing in line. No more wasting the day, waste keeping your kids out of school so they can stand in line. That, that effort liberated a whole community of extremely poor people. The, the parents can go have regular jobs. If you're standing in line for water and you don't know if the water is going to come at 4.30 in the morning or 9.30 in the morning, you can't have a job that goes from 8.30 to 5. But if you if you know when your water is going to come every day, you can have a job. Now, I'm going to ask you because school. we've had so many people on this show from all over the world, the United Nations, uh, scientists of all backgrounds, and um, we've been in England, we've been in Holland, we've been all over when those people were able to build a water community business, did somebody come in and provide them the money they needed to do that? Because there's people, we have people all over the world doing that to give them the ability to finance their water source. No. In fact, in this case, no one provided the money. And I think mm-hmm. that's why this system works. They did ask a nonprofit, an, an, an Indian nonprofit in New Delhi to help them mm-hmm. a little bit figure out how to find the right drill contractor, how to mm-hmm. find the right containers. But what, what has become clear around the world is that when well-meaning people from Kansas City or Houston or, for that matter, Paris or London go to rural communities and bring them, quote-unquote, the technology to provide fresh water, those systems often don't last very long. 
They don't right. look. They're not. We've had that not. on, too. We, we know that, and I'll, we'll get into that here. We're going to take a moment, Charles, with our, uh, with our um, sponsor. But we're going to come back and t- discuss that a little bit, too, uh, because this is something very alarming to all of us. And our country is coming to that someday, too. There's water wars and governmental uh, uh, backgrounds going on right now here in the United States. There's anger and going to be out of control anger about what's happening from state to state to take each state's water. But we'll be right back and we'll see what you've learned about that. Well, listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist with just a mist. Did you know your eyes on the surface are 98% water? What do you think happens when the eye drop touches it? It causes a dehydration. But if you mist first with Nature's Tears Eye Mist with a supplement of 100% water, the mist absorbs into the tear film, then you can apply your eye drop because the eye drops are invented to trap the moisture, but they do not support and supplement the moisture water loss. Well, listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, and we'll be right back with Charles Fishman. Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to talk. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Charles, we were talking about our communities and the water stores in India. Uh, we have now over in China over 100 rivers that are polluted, and uh, they're going through a devastation of what's happening with the carbon particle and um, what they're just being dehydrated, I'll call it, to almost death. Uh, and we can go all over the world, but here in the United States, what have you been learning? Because we're finding uh, with having these political sources on the air that the water sources in our own country are going through a, a real depletion. And there are times of the year they cannot water their lawns and there are times of the year that they have to have certain water regulations uh, because the community is drying up. And we have states like Colorado that's having to supply so many states. We have up in Michigan now another problem going with some other sources because of the lakes feeding other states. And they're, uh, they're fighting over rivers. They're fighting over aquifers. And there could be a time come when... 
our own country is going to go through those lines of water. And we as a country have a tendency, Charles, to forget that what other countries have already experienced is a historical uh, behavior of so far back they went through these cycles and they never learned enough, especially about water. Then our country is going through, we're watching it just with our behavior patterns in our country. Our outlook on life is just like their outlook on life has done in the past and other parts of the world that are much older. We are not looking at the value of water, really. We're not until all of a sudden we're inconvenienced. What have you been running into here in the United States about our concern about water? Well, the, the, the United States is in the worst drought in 60 years. Uh, it doesn't get that much attention right this minute because um, New York's not in a drought and Washington, D.C. is not in a drought and L.A. is not in a drought. And those are sort of the places where the most media um, uh, focus comes out of. But almost the entire country west of the Mississippi River is in serious drought. And a year ago, we weren't. And the prediction is that this will also be a dry spring and summer. So we're starting out way behind in vital parts of the country, and we may be heading into yet another dry year. The Mississippi River fell lower than it has ever fallen. The flow of the Mississippi was lower this, uh, this past year, in 2012, than it has ever been before, and that had a dramatic impact on our ability to move goods. Two of the five Great Lakes right this minute are lower than they have been in, 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 in settled history, in recorded history, and two more are within a foot of being as low as they have ever been. So I think water scarcity across the country, across the U.S., is going to increase. That's what the predictions are in terms of the climate models and climate change. We're not losing water. All the water that was ever delivered to the earth is here. That's right. And, uh, you know, where the water, where the water lands, is vitally important. And how we and take care of that water when it, when, how, it, when it comes to how we manage it and sustain it. Exactly. Absolutely. Now so, you know something, Charles. Um, what do you think? You know, you've been in a, an, a, a, you've been really doing a lot of writing for years and investigating issues and problems. Why do you think our Elected officials are sending so much money all over the world, and like this morning you were probably reading, they're sending during the worst economy of our history that we have not done a comeback on. It's the first time we didn't do a comeback quickly. Uh, we are real. Every our 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 uh, middle America are are suffering, and people that are not called a middle America are suffering. Because they can't, that we're not having the funds to do what we need to do. And of course, how can I expect them to fund water, water for the future? They yeah, don't have I, it. They don't have it. Yeah. And yet, we found out this morning, during this worst crisis, during all this sequestrian thing, and all this dialogue, we're learning about all this information that we're getting out of this horrible, tragedy of what's happening in this country has never been had for many, many, many years in the past. And they're sending over a billion dollars to Egypt. And I was shocked. 
And they're telling our people all last few weeks, oh, you're going to lose your job, you're going to lose your job, you're going to lose this. And then they go ahead. It's kind of like your family uh, having, you know, you walk, go home at night and you have so much available to pay your bills and so much to do. And then you have to start cutting back, cutting back, cutting back to, to be able to make ends meet because you have no body printing money for you. And then you find that all of a sudden you they come to your door and knock and you don't donate to the Red Cross. And maybe you always did donate to the Red Cross happily, but you're having to say you can't afford to donate for right now. And and I'm I'm saying with like a radio show like this one and what you're saying today, water is a priority. It's the nothing is more important than water. And you and I have both said, all scientists said, we still have lots of water below the surface and around the earth and coming down. We just have never put a priority of investing in it. And here in the United States, we're going through so much startling behavior patterns of caring if our people live or die. And the priority is not going to be the water. They're sending all of this money to other countries of the world so they can live better than we can live in the long run. Because right now, we're, our, our middle America, Charles, is suffering. So how can we turn to them? And I'm, I know education is vital to people learning. But what are they going to do with the education we provide, you and I and many people all over the world, about the priority of water? Can we come together and agree with one thing? Without water on Earth, there would be no planet Earth. Without the safe water and sanitary water, the diseases are out of control already. Are we solving diseases? No. Let Let me say two things to you. First, it's not true that we've never paid attention to water. A hundred years ago, uh, every city in the developed world made an incredible investment in water systems. Those, in fact, are the systems that New York City and Philadelphia and San Francisco... They did a hundred years. Our forefathers were and, geniuses. And yes. That was, a, that was an enormous yes. investment. It was an enormous commitment. Very and they technology. Did it, brilliant. They did it precisely because 100 years ago and back in time, 3,000 years from that point, water was a mixed blessing. Cities, water in cities was absolutely essential, just as it is today, but you never knew whether it was safe to drink. You didn't know whether it was going to help you get through the day or make you sick and send you to the hospital. Mm-hmm. And once, once communities and scientists figured out how to deliver safe water, there yeah. was a huge investment. Yeah. So, so that success has undermined the sense of urgency about water. I don't. I, I, I would put it personally. You, 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 it's your show. I, I don't. I'm not concerned that the people in Egypt are going to end up living better than the people in Kansas or Ohio or Michigan. At the moment, that's we're not. We're not providing the margin. So the people in, in Egypt can live better. We have an Egypt infrastructure. Too. We have an infrastructure too, and our Absolutely. infrastructure is me, saying you, that water. I'm saying that water should have an enormous investment for our communities, uh, and like let you have you on your, some of your writings here, that some of the community waters are not up to date. No, let me and we all know that. We spend 
$29 billion a year maintaining the entire water infrastructure of the country. That's what we spend on all the pipes, pumps, and treatment plants that run the water system. And, that, and that in, you included that to be what each the individuals that are paying to to uh, to have no, no, water. No, 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 no. It does not include. It doesn't include your water bill because your water bill barely pays for the electricity to run the pumps. Twenty nine billion is what the country spends to maintain and upgrade the infrastructure. Now, where would our list? We spend. Hang on, hang on. Okay. We spend twenty two million dollars a year, almost as much on bottled water. So we spend almost as much on water as a nation delivered in crushable plastic bottles as we do on the vital water infrastructure of the whole country. So if we could, that's four bottles of water per week for every man, woman, and child in the country. Now, I think personally, I don't drink bottled water. I think bottled water is completely silly. It is not something Americans need. Everybody gets to make their choice. I wouldn't ban it. I wouldn't outlaw it. But there's plenty of money to fix the water system in the country, and we're already spending it on water, just a single serving in a plastic bottle at a time. Now, where would, our listeners, to, where would our listeners go to find out that $94 billion that they're, they're paying here, what's being invested in the United States for investment in water? Where would they find that source? Well, that, that number comes from the American Society of Civil Engineers. It's $29 billion, not $94 billion. $29, $29, $29 billion. Yeah. Yeah. And they would go to this American Civil Engineers on, the online. The Civil Engineers studies the U.S. water system all the time. Because I have coming up in the next week um, Dr. Dwayne Cecil, who's on here a lot. He's been with NASA, NOAA, and he's a scientist. And they just had a big uh, meeting in Washington, D.C. last week on what's going on here with the water. And uh, I'm curious on that amount of investment. I mean, the political, the political climate is very challenging. But my point is Americans already carelessly spend money on water they don't need while neglecting the system that we all rely on. In fact, a third of the bottled water sold in the United States is actually municipal tap water. It's cleaned one more time for no reason and put in bottles. So we can obviously afford to take care of our water system. Can I say something, Charles, in that one to think about? Because I know you really like to investigate and learn. But I, I have been studying water for 40 years, and I'm one of those people who believe in the bottled water. And I'll tell you why. I want you and everybody else to drink 8 to 10 glasses of water a day with no added ingredients. I know that when people get up in the morning, they're maybe not too sure of their pipes or what the source is coming in there, but they'll drink water out of the tap, but then they'll carry the water to work with them, and they'll carry water in the car. They'll carry water to the games. They're carrying water to the movies now, and they're not when they're drinking more water than ever in history because they're carrying it with them. Uh, am I concerned about the plastic? Yes, but again, I'm pleased to see young kids carrying water to school, uh, people going to a, uh, a concert carrying water, buying water instead of the sodas and the coffees and so on. So I'm a believer that they wouldn't be taking drinking enough water if they didn't carry it with them. 
I've seen families buy cases of water and take it home. So the kids will get influenced to drink the water rather than going out and wanting to drink the sodas. I see so much more of that, Charles, than I did 10 years ago now. So, but back to, uh, the bottled water industry, if you've read that one, way in Europe so far back that the water sources in Europe were becoming very bad, uh, very uh, seriously and uh, not sufficient. So a community person in a neighborhood would start giving it away and then started selling it because they wanted to make sure that because people were threatening them if it wasn't safe. But So they couldn't give it away without paying to make it safe. So then they started these water companies so far back about how to buy water from a community source, and then they started having bottled water to drink in foreign countries because their water sources were contaminated or not healthy or not abundant enough. Uh, we got into it here in this country, I think, to start with a fad. I watched them carrying their Evian and their Perrier and their different waters, and then all of a sudden now they don't care about what the brand is anymore uh, because it's on the shelf for so little money if you want to buy a brand that's not expensive. But back to you and, and what you've been doing that's so important to bring people's attention now, the, the big first, what do you think the, the, the most important thing in your book for them to read and learn facts about is that you compelled you to write the book? What's, so, what's the importance that they should be pursuing? Well, I, I, one of the things we haven't talked about, I don't know if it's the most important thing, but, but there, there is a group that understands everything you're saying and has jumped way ahead of everybody else, and that is America's big corporations. IBM, Coca-Cola, Campbell Soup, where I visited, Google. Every time you press enter on a Google search, every single time you Google search, Google uses two tablespoons of water just to conduct that one search just for you. Wachovia, Wells Fargo, uh, Bank of America, most of the Fortune 100 are out there understanding that water supplies are shifting, that their water is at risk. Ford Motor Company has a 15-year-long uh, effort to reduce its water per car produced because they think their very factories are at risk by shifting water availability. So there's GE. <laughs> Many of the biggest companies in America have decided that water is a real vulnerability and also a real opportunity. And so these big corporations are busy adjusting their own operations and using science and technology and developing technology to help them do more while using less water. I think there are two things to say about that. One is, first, that's good news. Someone's paying attention, and, of course, there is no such thing as a corporation. They're just the people in the corporation. So the focus of those big companies on water issues does end up rippling out into communities because people say, well, if Hershey's chocolate is worried about water, how come the community of Hershey isn't worried about water? Uh, the second thing, though, is you don't want the companies to get too far out in front. You want uh, communities and political leaders, and this is a point you've made several times uh, uh, on today's show, you want the political leaders and the ordinary citizens to catch up because we don't want water to be in the control of corporations. Water needs to remain in the control of the communities in which the water resides. So I'm, I'm glad there's innovation coming. 
And I think the rest of us need to pay attention to what, if, if IBM and GE and Intel and Google have all decided something's important, maybe it's something we all ought to pay attention to. Well, I think it's also the inventor of, always makes me think of the toilet. You know, when we flushed the toilet for all those years, we were using more water than we needed. It's, it's, uh, inv- inventions, Charles, are what create, and, 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 and those kinds of, 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 of technologies are when all of a sudden, have you ever noticed that nothing ever is invented until you need it? <laughs> well, that's, uh, that actually is not true. Okay. But some companies are good at, uh, fiber optic cable was invented in 1973. There wasn't a use for it. The glass in your iPhone was invented by the same company way back in the 70s or 80s. They put it on the shelf. There wasn't a use for it. But eventually, uh, they were smart enough to see all of that a the, sudden, the rest of the world had, all had come along. All of a sudden, so. they, they may have been ahead of the game, but nobody really saw it until they needed it. Right, right. It's so, the same well, thing we, with, we need, uh, with freedom need, on the planet need. Earth. Um, until you lose it. The freedom of your mind, the freedom of your paychecks, the freedom of your lifestyle, the freedom of living a very healthy life along with everybody else's life. Until you lose your own, you're, 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 you don't know, uh, how to, what, what's happening. Until it's like the very famous person said, until the well goes dry, you don't realize the seriousness of your water. And it's that way with all behavior patterns on the face of the globe. It's, uh, but, but back to, uh, well, what is think, happening here with our water... corporations. I'm, I'm a believer of this, uh, and I really evaluated this to be fair to everyone too, is the corporations, uh, way back in time all over the world and companies that do hire those, uh, lots of people, um, and put them to work, all, their minds are not thinking about those things, whereas scientists are. People like me, myself, and people around me that are scientists around, out there in the world are thinking that way. And we're all joining forces all over the world to say, let's stop and think about what we need to do now, about the priority of the planet Earth having water for eternity and, and clean, fresh water for people to have water that's safe. And I'm a believer that you can't detoxify those cells without 100% water, Charles. I don't want it to be uh, your glass of milk. I don't want it to be your soda. I don't want it to be added something added in your water. I want it to be plain water. So I really am an advocate about water forever for you to be healthy. And before I let you go today, I notice you have lab. You have. Two labs at home, two paracretes and two kids, and one wife. <laughs> yes, I do. I'm and so I, I have in my office today a two-year-old lab, chocolate lab. I have only one. In my office here, we have a parakeet. I have only one, and I have one husband and two kids and, and nine, uh, nine grandchildren. So, But back well, to... The, uh, well, uh, Labradors are a good, are a good reminder... And, and also the parakeets, in fact, how much fun water is because Labradors. Oh, don't they uh, love water? Revel in water. Oh. And you know, I, I think, I think I, I would end on that note for your listeners, which is I don't see any separation between our, our love of water and our appreciation for it when you slip into a hot 
shower at the, at the end of a long day, when your kids leap into the swimming pool, when you go to the water park or go sailing, I think we need to tap that emotional connection exactly. in order to get people Good to care you. about the drought and the municipal water system. Oh, we need, we to, can we connect, need that. Yes. If yes. we can connect the two halves of our brain when it comes to water, there's sort of... And that was, and Carl, that makes, that makes the world go around. That makes, brings us all back together like the rhythm of the music, right? Absolutely. But, well, thank you for joining us today. You keep up that good work, and I hope we can have you on again. My pleasure. Thank you very much. And you tell, you give that, those lads a hug and those children and tell your wife I said hello. I will do it. Thank you, you so have a much nice for day. having me. You be well. Bye. Well, life on this planet Earth, all of us have these directions that we find that are so important. And Charles' is Fishman's is water now, too, and mine has been water for over 40 years. And, and so many people that we've been talking to all over the world want the priority of water to be the number one issue, the number one infrastructure of all life. It must be. And during this show, you always remember, you've got to drink 100% water eight to ten glasses of water a day. That will help detoxify you, keep you fresh and, and, and flexible. And just remember, it's the water, number one. Well, I want to thank you for listening today. You embrace your life. It's a special life. You're 70 to 90% water. You're like a walking sponge. But embrace somebody else's miracle, their life too. But earth always whispers, don't say goodbye. Leave something of yourself behind for everyone to appreciate and enjoy. I want to thank you for listening. I want to thank Polly Featherton for uh, my, being my program director for what she's been doing with our special guests that are so wonderful. I want to thank Bonnie Mark, our executive secretary, for what she does to help the show. I want to thank World Talk Radio, Voice America, Apple iTunes, and this very special day. Thank you for listening, and you be well. Thank you for listening. Join us next week for another edition of the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water, Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Remember to visit Sharon's website at SharonKleinaHour.com. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.